Welcome to the number one show and the source of truth for all things medtech. Here, we reveal the secrets and stories behind the investments, science, and commercialization of the medtech industry. Every week, we'll take you on a wild ride with the biggest names in the game, from entrepreneurs and investors who are shaking up the market, to healthcare providers who are revolutionizing the way we think and practice medicine. So hold on tight and get ready for a journey like no other. This is the State of MedTech. What's going on, everybody? And happy Friday, Red Hat Gang. This is another solo pod. Again, um, I'm getting a lot of great uh, feedback on these uh, episodes. I'm personally enjoying them. And so this is kind of like my way of you know being able to mentor at scale. Um, before we get into today's topic again, I, I do want to make sure I, I make sure to uh, let you know if you're interested to get a little bit closer to me, maybe uh, get part of a really high level elite community of not only other reps, but VP CEOs, I would love for you to join the Medical Sales Network Effects program. Um, I've discounted it uh, so that if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to get the benefit of getting a, good, a big discount. I think it's uh, it's usually about $3,000 or $3,500. Listening to this, you'll be able to get into that community for $1,997. Again, that's uh, the content, which is going to teach you how to sell using network effects and social media. That's not only LinkedIn, but also email and other things. You're going to get access to our private community, which is a great resource for mentorship, finding great roles, uh, you know, those kind of things. Um, and of course, our weekly calls. And so, you know, you're able to jump on and talk directly to me. So check the show notes below. Take advantage of that. Again, that's like the biggest discount that I put on this just because the people who are listening to this, this, these solo pods are the kind of people that are willing to invest in themselves. Okay. So that being said, let's jump into today's lesson. So a long time ago, there, um, you know, one of the one of the people who uh, had a you know pretty big impact on my career, somebody who I, I worked closely with, was a gentleman named Ken Husted. So Ken um, was uh, a director of sales at the time, and I think eventually VP at Missouri Robotics. He came from the intuitive uh, early intuitive class, and since then has been just a phenomenal sales leader. And, you know, one of the things I talked to him about, and this was back in 2017, so this is quite a number of years ago, I, you know, I was in this process of writing articles and, and, and I, and I asked Ken, I was like, Ken, what, what's a topic that you wish somebody would write about? And, you know, Ken's from Texas, uh, like myself. And so Ken has uh, a way with words and phrases. And he said, you know, he, he has this one phrase where, where he says, you know, God gave you uh, two years and one mouth for a reason. And his, his reasoning behind that was like, he wished, he wished reps actually knew how to listen, right? Part of selling is actually not talking. It's learning how to listen carefully. And so I wrote this uh, piece called Sell by Listening, Mastering the Subtle Art of Shutting the Hell Up. And so that's what today's episode is going to be about. And I'm going to kind of walk you through that. So we're going to start with this quote, which is the quality of your life is reflected in the quality of questions you ask yourself. Okay. I want you to just think about that. The quality of your life is going to be reflected in the quality of questions you ask yourself. Okay. That's an old sales adage that is to lead with questions. Okay. So rather than, as the saying goes, show up and throw up, you know, success is often found in this ability to ask really good questions, right? That being said, um, look, I often observe a lot of sales reps um, and marketers making the same mistake 
I saw my own medical school classmates make, which was asking questions for the sake for, of asking questions. For those of you who don't know, in a previous life, I actually was in medical school, not a pre-med. I was actually in medical school at Texas Tech University. And so a lot of times when we would go and have a patient encounter, like you should ask questions, but a lot of times, you know, my classmates would ask patients questions just for the sake of asking questions. Okay. And it's one thing I learned from Ken Husted or Chris Sells or Chris Prince is that you ask questions for a very specific reason, right? When you have fewer words to use, you really think about the words that you're going to pick, right? So do you add more value by asking a question that shows how smart you are or to demonstrate that you actually care about their problems? And again, dealing with a patient, you're, that's a sale because you're trying to sell them on a path on how they can get better, right? Just because they showed up to the doctor's office did not mean that they were going to listen to you. So there was a sale involved in that. And that. It's the same thing with medical reps when you're dealing with a physician, right? So maybe, but you know what, that's not exactly what converts a prospect, right? Into pipeline or into a sale, or in this case, like um, an optimized marketing campaign for more conversions, right? Asking questions for the sake of just sounding smart or for the sake of asking questions does not do anything. So what's the variable? The question you should ask, like, what's the variable we can change here to have essentially better questions that give us more information to sell? Because that's, if you think about it, what's the purpose of asking questions? The purpose of asking questions is for you to get information, right? What information do you need? You need information to sell, right? That's, that's essentially what you're doing, okay? And the one variable that you can change is listening, okay? And uh, the, the reason why this is an important episode is that there is an actual psychological framework to make you a better listener. Because I guarantee you, when I walk you through this, you're going to realize that the majority of your life, whether it's with your prospects, your spouse, your parents, your friends, you are not actually listening, right? And so, of course, the one thing that I did back in 2017, and I still continue to do, to do today, is I act as a student of the game. So when I research this, I research this, like the hell out of this concept, which is like, what does it mean to listen, right? And I pulled the best practices, not from the sales world, but from the world that requires the most amount of listening, mental health and behavioral therapists and psychology, you know, to improve my ability to listen. So here is my introduction to the subtle art of shutting the hell up, okay? So as I mentioned, Ken had this great saying, listen with two ears and one mouth, okay? And so this, <clears throat> this piece is kind of to honor that great advice for younger reps and older reps to hear, adhere to, okay? Amazing things start to actually happen when you put this into practice, right? So when you start learning how to, how to listen, here are a couple of things that happen. One is your customers or prospects are gonna actually give you more valuable information. And then outside of that, executives, this happened to me early in my career, that I used to really admire, suddenly had a lot more pearls of wisdoms to share, right? However, I also realized that just because I had my mouth shut didn't mean I was listening. And this is the intro to the topic, right? Um, being quiet while someone is uh, speaking doesn't constitute real listening. So let's get into what I call committing to compliment, right? Listening is a commitment and a compliment. It's a commitment to understand how the other person feels, their worldview, and how they fit their feelings into that worldview, okay? This is why when I talk to a surgeon or even a sales rep, and I'm selling something, a lot of times I start by asking, hey, what is the present pains or, or, or frustrations you're dealing with today? Because then they're opening up their worldview, 
right? And so that's kind of a compliment that they're opening up to you, right? It's like a confessional, right? So when this happens, this entails putting aside your own prejudices, your own beliefs, your own self-interest and anxieties, and start to see the world through their lens, right? And believe it or not, salespeople are some of the most selfish people on planet Earth because a lot of times they ask questions and the prospect is answering, pouring their heart out to you. Maybe they're even sharing their frustrations and you're not actually listening. You're waiting for them to shut the hell up so you can just jump into your pitch. That's where you're losing deals, okay? And so listening is a compliment because it says, hey, you know, I care about what's happening and what's happened to you and your perspective is important to me. This is why, and again, I'll brag about this all day long. I'm very proud in my uh, sales abilities because last year, again, I'm going to admit right now, there was a few prospects that I don't think I did a good job listening to last year earlier in my career or in my company's uh, life cycle. But for the most part, many of you who are listening, you are students of mine, you're in my coaching program, you're in my course. And I, I literally talked to you and sold you directly. Every single one of you, and please either comment below in Spotify or YouTube, tell me if I'm right or wrong. You felt listened to because I asked you questions and a lot, I have a lot of these Zooms recorded, you know, I'm, they're not going to be public, obviously, but some of you cried. Some of you uh, uh, were frustrated. Some of you talked about things you've never spoken about before. Why is that? Is it because I asked a really good question or because I gave the, uh, the energy and the frame that I was actually listening to you, right? You know, politics aside, Bill Clinton, great example, is said to have the ability to make anyone feel as though they're the only thing that matters in that moment. You know, when you talk to somebody who's actually spoken to Bill Clinton, like let's say it's, it's a fan or just somebody who's worked with him, they've always said the same thing, which is they say, you know, President Clinton, when you talk to him, he literally, it's like he shuts out the whole world you feel like you're the only thing that exists in his world. And so in this world, we all have rose-colored glasses, right? But they're all different shades of red, right? And, and for those of you who don't understand um, what that means, you know, when you're said to have rose-colored glasses, it means that when, when there are red flags, you just see them as flags, right? But in this world, we all have, to some extent, a ro ro we're wearing rose-colored glasses. There are certain red flags we don't see, but this... The filter on those glasses are different shades of red. And so let's let's get into those red flags, okay? And especially when it comes to listening. Listening from the psychological standpoint comes in two forms, real listening and pseudo listening, okay? Let's define what real listening is. Real listening is based on the intention to do one of these four things, okay? Understand someone, enjoy somebody, learn something, get help or find solace, okay? Let me go through those again. Understanding someone, enjoying someone, learning something, getting help, or finding solace or peace. Okay, those are the those are the four pieces, of, uh, four areas that that it falls onto. So whether it's helping someone to express their thoughts, or understanding a point of view, or learning, the key to listening is actually wanting and intending to do so. Okay, so for example, you know when you um. It, for some of you, there's there might be a VP like for me. And when I was working at Missouri Robotics, some of the people I really looked up to admire was uh, people like Chris Sells, Ken Husted, Tim Morawski, Chris Prince. So when I got time to spend with them and I asked them a question, like I I was really listening because I couldn't wait to hear the story or, or or anecdote or pearls of wisdom they were sharing with me. Okay, now let's talk about pseudo listening. What does fake listening look like? Okay, unfortunately, pseudo listening 
really parades and masquerades around like real listening. And I guarantee you when you, when you audit yourself, you're going to realize that what you've been doing in your career is actually pseudo listening. For those of you who can hear, sorry, you know, I, I work from home and I'm, I'm a, I'm a father, very proud father and husband. That's my kid in the background. So, and he's made his way to my office. You know, see, uh, uh, key key lesson here, by the way, for those of you who do work from home, like really cherish that time, even though it's sometimes it, it interrupts me and everything. It's totally okay. It's totally okay. Because, you know, there's, I got to tell you, there's plenty of people who don't get to see, I see my kid more in one day than most people see their kids in an entire week. You know, so I'm very grateful for that. But that being said, back to my show, I know many of you love my kid, but like, you know, you're, you're here for these, for these pearls of wisdom, these truth bombs I'm dropping. A lot of a lot of the listening that that I, I I realized I was doing was pseudo listening because it does not have the intention of actually listening. It just has the intent to meet some other needs of ours. Again, pseudo listening is more selfish. Okay, so some examples of those, and you know, when I did my research, I did it, I found about 10, 10 examples. Okay, and I'm going to go through all ten of these. So these are examples of pseudo listening. Number one, making people think you're interested so they'll like you. Okay. Number two, being alert to see if you're in danger of being rejected. Okay, a lot of sellers, you guys do that, right? You're, you're looking for, for the objection, right? So you can handle it, right? Number three, listening to one specific piece of information and then ignoring everything else. <clears throat> for those of you who uh, have a boyfriend or girlfriend or a, or a spouse, you know, I guarantee when you when you get in an argument, that's what you're doing sometimes. Number four, buying time to prepare your next comment. How often do you ask a question just to buy yourself time? And you're not listening, you're just thinking, right? Number five, half listening so someone will listening to, will listen to you. I think a lot of times this happens when we're speaking to our parents. Like, and again, I'm I'm pulling from my own experiences here. Sometimes when I'm in a, you know in an argument with my father, um, a lot of times like I'll let him talk. And, and part of it is just because I, I'm, I'm letting him feel like he's talking, so I'm half listening, but I'm preparing what I'm going to say next. Again, that's wrong, okay? Number six, listening to find someone's vulnerabilities, right? And again, if you notice the theme here, all these are very selfish and centered around you, right? Number seven, looking for weak points in an argument so you can always be right or listening to get ammunition for an attack. Again, we often do that in debate, sometimes even in negotiation, uh, number eight, checking to see how people are reacting and making sure you produce the desired effect. Again, it's not real listening. You might, you, you're, you're listening, but again, this is a form of pseudo listening. Number nine, half listening because, you know, a good and kind or nice person would, right? And the 10th one, half listening because you don't know how to get away without hurting or offending someone. We've all been doing this, okay? And so what's blocking it? So mental blocks, AKA cognitive biases, which as you know, if you're a listener of this show is one of my favorite things. These are a common cause for poor decision-making and the same goes for listening, okay? There are 12 blocks, 12 listening blocks that obstruct us from listening, okay? And by the way, for those of you who are interested in this, in this article, I'm gonna republish this. Um, so go ahead and check the show notes below. You can go and have this list. So you can always reference it. I would save it into your phone, okay? So here are the 12 cognitive biases that block us from listening. Number one is comparing. You can't listen if you're comparing what they're saying to what you're saying or what you said or about to say. Number two, mind reading, okay? Thinking about what the other person is thinking actually shows that you distrust them. You know, you hear them say they're happy, but really you think they're not. The mind reader spends less time paying attention to words and more time on the intonations and subtle clues in order to see through to the truth, 
okay? But you cannot read minds, all right? Number three, this is a common one here. This is a common mental block, rehearsing. There's no time to listen to the other person. Your attention is just on preparation and crafting your next comment. I promise you, especially as a seller, do more time rehearsing. You're going to make a fool out of yourself, okay? Number four, filtering. This is one of the cognitive biases that lay mental blocks around listening blocks, okay? You only hear what you want to hear, and then more often, not all of it. Right. Another way to, is to avoid hearing certain things. OK, so when you filter, you're only paying attention to things that you want to hear. Right. And again, as you notice with these mental blocks or these cognitive biases, they're all self-centered. OK, number five, judging. When you use negative labels, you know, negative labels, they carry enormous power and cognitive biases. So can you really listen to somebody if you think, for example, they're not smart enough? or insert any adjective, they're not innovative enough, or they're stubborn or everything, you know, so on and so forth. A basic rule of listening is to make judgments after you've heard and evaluated the content of the message. And again, I'm I'm guilty of this, of this all the time. I, I used to do this all the time where somebody would book time with me, I would check out their profile, they'd start talking, you know, on the call, and I, and I have, you know, you can't help it. Like cognitive biases are going to exist, but you have to learn how to consciously manage them ahead of time. So a lot of times I would have a cognitive bias against somebody, you know, based on, you know, the way they are talking or explaining something. And I always have to put that aside so I can focus on actually listening to them. Number six is dreaming, right? You're half listening because you're thinking about the moment that you're going to close the sale, get hoisted up by leadership. Maybe you're like, oh, I got the right thing that's going to move this forward. I'm going to hit quota and everything, you know. A lot of times this actually happens when you feel very bored or anxious, okay? Uh, number seven, identifying, right? You take everything the person says and relate it back to your own experience, okay? I, that's, an, that's a common one that, that's done. It's not a terrible one, but again, keep in mind, you're taking what the person's telling you and trying to relate it back to your own experiences right? versus really focusing what the person's trying to communicate to you. The one thing that... Um, I always tell people is that like, for example, when it comes to analogies, analogies are helpful to explain things, right? But they're not persuasive. Same thing in this case, which is, you know, relating what one person tells you to, an, you know, what, what one person's telling you and trying to relate it to your own experience. Maybe that'll help you understand, but it's not listening. Okay. Uh, number eight, advising, right? Hey, you're a great problem solver. You're ready to help. You have all these suggestions. Just a few sentences, and then you're searching for advice. And in reality, you miss what's important about how the person is actually feeling and the subtle clue to a greater pain. This is a big one for me. And again, great sellers know how to help the prospect. Okay, Zig Ziglar said it best, which is like, you know, you can help, you know, you can, if you help everyone get what they want, you will ultimately get what you want. And, if, and people do not care about what you sell unless you show how much you care about their own problems, right? Selling, in my opinion, the best sellers look to become true advisors. A lot of times when I get on a call, whether it's a startup CEO or a medical sales rep, a lot of times I'm trying to end the call. So they walk away. I always, this is like my famous line. You're going to walk away from the call. We may not do business together. You may not join my course. You, you know, no transaction may actually happen. But at the bare minimum, I want to make sure that I help you and you walk away with two or three good ideas because this might be the first and last time we ever talk. Many of you have heard me tell you that. 
Okay. Number nine, sparring. This mental block is, you know, pretty much has you arguing and debating with people, right? So your attention is finding things to disagree with, right? So presidential debates is a great example, right? Go watch a presidential debate there. It's on rare occasion. They're actually listening. A subtype of sparring though, is using sarcastic remarks to put down or dismiss what the other person says. And a second subtype is people who can't stand compliments. For example, like, oh, I didn't do anything special. Right. And so that's another type. Okay. Number 10, and we got, you know, a few more, we got 12 total, right? Being right. When you want to be right, that cognitive biases means that you're going to go to any length to win. You're going to twist words, raise your voice, make accusations, call up past sins, right? You can't listen to criticism. You can't be corrected and you can't take suggestions to change. Your convictions are pretty much unshakable. And since you won't take responsibility for past mistakes, you just kind of keep making them, right? And again, some of these things for you, for you reps are listening. You're like, oh, I would never do that with a surgeon. This is true. You probably would never do that with a surgeon. But part of this show, part of these episodes is that I'm not trying to make you better reps. I'm trying to make you better people. And I'm trying to do that by teaching you through the mistakes that I've made in my own life, both professionally and personally, so that you can take them and be more successful. The great Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett always said that, the, that, that failure is one of the best teachers. But you, it doesn't have to be your own failures. Learn through others, right? Uh, number 11, derailing. You find ways to change the subject when you get bored or uncomfortable with a subject, right? A lot of times when you're dealing with a surgeon or selling, you tr you'll do that, right? And so the best thing sometimes is to meet something head on, right? And address it and then be able to move on versus changing the subject. Because keep in mind, the other person you're dealing with is not probably good at, speak, at, at listening either. And so if you try and change subject, you try and derail or redirect, their mind is still on the last thing that they were talking about. They're not paying attention to the great point you're making now, okay? And the, the 12th and final uh, mental block or listening block in this case is placating, right? Which is as they're talking, you go, right, uh-huh, yeah, okay, yep, yep, yep. This is not active listening. It's just kind of like being nice and trying to hurry up the conversation wrong, okay? So how do you demonstrate the subtle art of shutting the hell up and good listening? Well, Luckily for you, I have a seven-step framework. And uh, specifically, uh, this is hilarious because I'm, I'm kind of using the article as my notes. I have a picture of me talking to my father like way back in the day, which was great. Um, <laughs> so when people speak to you, they subconsciously do look for clues to prove that you are actually listening, okay? So here's what you must do, okay? Number one, maintain good eye contact. Okay. Eye contact is important. So what does good eye contact mean? You look at them in the eye for anywhere from, you know, three to four seconds, you know, look somewhere else, but maintaining that eye contact is important. When you're doing this on zoom. Okay. It's, it's important that you put their picture picture in one place and you keep looking at that picture because they're going to look at your picture and they're going to see that your eyes are focused in one area and they're going to assume that that's looking at them. If you're playing with your screen, you're pulling up windows, all these things, even if you're reviewing notes, it's not going to look like you're listening. Okay. Leaning slightly forward. Okay. So again, like, you know, when you listen, like th there's a body language to convey. It's an, there's an art to it. Right. So even on zoom, you know, a lot of times I'll, what I'll do is I'll push my, my chair back a bit so they can see my hands. They can see I'm not playing with my phone and everything. And I'll lean forward a little bit, you know, so they can see that I'm leaning in. There's ways to, to convey these things digitally. Number three, reinforce the speaker by nodding. Now, 
saying aha uh-huh, yup yup is hurting them along but while you're listening if you do this kind of like subtle nod like this right it's kind of like hey i'm i'm pacing with you now you're setting a pace of listening okay number 4 and i like this one a lot paraphrasing what you think they said in your own words so a lot of times you know when i when i talk to a prospect I, again my my famous question is like hey what present pain are you dealing with today with xyz right they'll go on for maybe 3 to 4 to 5 minutes and I'll, you know, when they finish, a lot of times they'll say, oh, you know, I'm sorry. Like I kind of like, you know, went on a rant there. And I always say, no, no, that was extremely helpful. I'm so happy you shared that. With me. I always say that. I'm so happy you shared that with me. And I always say, hey, look, before I kind of move on, I just want to make sure that I understand. And I, I paraphrase back to them in a few sentences exactly what they say. The goal here, if you want to be persuasive, is when they have a response like that's exactly right. Like you're, you're, you've now become more persuasive because you've taken their words, molded into yours fed it back to them and they've accepted it, right? That's one, that's like a tiny win there, okay? And number five is clarifying by asking questions, right? Again, this is the important part, right? So you can ask quick and subtle questions, right? Like someone can describe something and and you can, you know, for example, they might tell you something that you can see, you can tell it makes them very upset. You can mirror that and, you know, ask them questions like, man, I can't believe that happened. Did that really happened to you? And they'll say yes, or you can you can say you know like well how how exactly you know how did you handle that how did you how did that make you feel so now you're you're showing engagement okay number six actively move away from distractions okay this is more so in um, in conferences right and in person right and so a lot of times like when I when I um, uh, when I'm talking to a physician and and again this takes some practice and it takes some confidence. If I'm talking to a physician, specifically, specifically a surgeon, showing some dominance and authority is helpful in a way. So when I'm talking to a surgeon in a conference or in the hallway or something, and there, let's say some, there's some distraction, a lot of times I'll move my body to block the distraction so I can hear them and I'll move in closer. Or sometimes if I feel comfortable enough, a lot of times I'll, I'll, I'll slightly tap them and say, you know, doctor, my apologies. Can, you, can we move just right over here for a moment? I want to make sure that I hear everything that you're saying. I don't want, you know, this is a little bit loud and everything. Okay. Those things, you might feel like it's inconveniencing the person. On the, on the contrary, if someone's stopping to give you information, they'll appreciate the fact that you're doing this, right? Now, digitally, how do you? A lot of times, like, I will, uh, I will, sometimes I would, I, 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 I might fake this, but like a lot of times, if like my phone is there, right? Um, if for whatever reason, I forgot to put my phone on side, and sometimes I, I do this out of pure like theatrics, I'll take my phone and say, excuse me, I was like, you know, someone's calling me and I'll throw my phone off to the side. Just like, so they can see me, right? That's a big mark. It's like, hey, you're so important. I'm taking this phone. I'm throwing off. I don't want any distractions. I'm right here with you, right? A lot of times when you're uh, meeting somebody in person, you can pull out your phone, sh- you know, just say, you know, let me put my son on the phone. Like, put it on site and then put it face down on the table away from you, close to them, right? That's a big sign of respect. And then the seventh way is be committed to understanding what was said, even if you're angry, annoyed, or in a rush. Again, that commitment is super, super important. Okay. Now, if you made it this far, I got a bonus section for you. Okay. So back in the day, um, you know, I did go and attend for, for being so junior. Um, uh, somehow I made my way into a lot of board meetings, whether I got to present to a board or just sit in, you know, that's one of the benefits of marketing is that, you know, you can be a manager even and, and, 
be able to sit on board meetings, right? So I, I watched a lot of board meetings and I've seen a lot of like really bad listening and everything. So like I wrote a, here's my bonus section. This is for executive boards, but like, I think it's good for you. Luke. So when you're on a leadership board, okay, it's, it's very much like a marriage, okay? You spend a lot of time together and you actually show how you really feel, right? And you put up with a lot, okay? And this is not just with the board. When I say the board, you know, that could be investors and everything, but also the leadership board, you know, the C-suite, okay? So when you're speaking, okay, three things. Number one, always explain your point of view very briefly and succinctly, okay? Number two, and I, I can't, you know, this is, this is your, avoid name calling and blaming. You'd be surprised how many people do that. Don't accuse and don't focus on your colleagues' shortcomings. And a lot of times... This might sound, you know, uh, uh, surprising, but I'll tell you what, when, when stress is on people's worst habits, their childhood traumas, all these things come out. So if they grew up in a household where they saw a lot of name calling and pointing out shortcomings, you better believe that stuff comes out in, in a, in a very tense board meeting. Okay. Uh, and number three, talk in terms of yourself and your experience, focus on what you want and what you feel. Okay. That's when it comes to the speaking part. Okay. Don't speak on behalf of others. Don't talk about, you know, like focus on yourself, okay? Now, when you are the listener in a board meeting, okay, number one, again, three simple things. Give your full attention so that you really understand your colleagues' feelings, opinions, and needs. And again, go through the list that I just shared. Number two, don't disagree or argue or correct anything they're saying. Let them speak and do the things I mentioned, okay? And the third thing is you can ask questions to clarify the issue, but you do not debate and make counterpoints. Um, for me, when it came to certain uh, leadership meetings and stuff, these are some of the rules that I, I set up ahead of time, right? You know, so for example, like when it comes to that uh, 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 topic, like you have this thing where it's like you go, then I go, then you go, right? And so how does that all come together for a board meeting? Okay, and you can, you can use this for your own team meetings. For some of you who are uh, regional directors or managers, you can do this for your team meeting, okay? So- when it comes to a meeting, right, speaker goes for five minutes, listener summarizes under a minute, you know, using paraphrasing, and the speaker can clarify anything the listener left out or misunderstood, okay? It's a great, it, look, it's a great method. Five minutes, somebody speaks, somebody listens, listener then repeats back what was said, speaker confirms that was, confir that was correct, and now everybody's on the same page, right? Effective listening and the art of shutting the hell up, both your mouth and your mind, slows down the communication so that conflicts are, are actually a lot less likely to happen and escalate while promoting a lot more clarity about the needs and feelings of the other person, okay? Now, with this, you can actually ask relevant and effective questions, my friends. The art of asking questions starts with your curiosity and your empathy to shut the hell up and listen to what the other person's saying. Otherwise, you're literally just shooting from the hip. And if you want to look at this from a perspective of like being a really persuasive seller, what better way to craft the most sniper-like sales sentences, persuasion at scale, like extremely effective selling, than to allow that person to speak and to share the words, phrases, the mindset, the mental frame, the context that's relevant to them, and at that point, you have all of this in front of you to pick and choose and then craft your message and spit it back to them so that not only do they take it in, but it also persuades them, okay? So 
I hope this has been a great lesson for you. I love doing these lessons. If you enjoy this, do me a favor, share this episode with your team, share it with a colleague, okay? And look, this show, I, 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 my number one expense these days is this podcast. I invest a lot back into it. I have a great creative director, Raheem, who creates these great clips. He helps me with the editing and everything. I want to invest more in this. The more I get to do this, the happier I am and the better content I create for you guys. So the number one way that happens, leave a review, write a five, you know, give it five stars on Apple and Spotify on Apple. Make sure you write a review. Okay. And then if you can, Hey, do me this favor, subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. Okay. Plus, as you know, like these solo pods, if you're, if you got this somehow through the Instagram channel or you receive this, these solo pods, I do not promote them that much. I don't do the e-blast on these. So these are kind of like, if you subscribe to the show on the podcast, you're, you're getting notified through that. So I hope you do that. So that being said, um, I hope you enjoy this. If you're watching this on YouTube or on Spotify, scroll down, leave a comment, give me feedback. What do you guys want to hear? If you're not already, follow me on All Hail Medical Sales. I interact with you guys there. I read every single DM. And yes, every single one is being replied to by me, which by the way, uh, some of you guys, because you asked a very good question or left your phone number, I've actually called you. So I love engaging with you guys. So that being said, master the art of shutting the hell up. Happy listening, happy selling, and I'll see you all next time. Bye for now and enjoy the weekend, my friends. Thank you for enjoying another epic episode of The State of MedTech. If you're feeling inspired and love this episode, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button and turn notifications on so you never miss an episode. And be sure to give us five stars and write a short review because that helps more people discover this amazing community of ours. If you're a company who has a executive that you'd like to be on the show or perhaps you want to sponsor one of the episodes, shoot us an email at hello at Take care. See you next time.